It is Easter Sunday and I want to say welcome to our Prodeo family watching today. Welcome to everyone from Seals Coast and welcome to everyone who's here for the first time, who's joining us for the first time today. We're so glad that you are with us on this special day. Guys, this is probably one of the hardest but also one of the best Easter's for me. It is hard because for the first time in my entire life, I cannot get together physically with the church, with the body of Christ. But one of the best Easter's for me is because for the first time in many years in South Africa, people are hearing the Easter message that would have probably been lying on the beach today or that would have been camping. So I am excited because I think this Easter, many lives are going to be changed by the power of the resurrection of Jesus. Today is Easter Sunday, but the name I prefer is Resurrection Sunday because it describes to us perfectly what this day is about. On the Thursday, Jesus was arrested after he had the last um, supper with his disciples. On the Friday, he was crucified and put in the grave for day one. On Saturday, he was in the grave day two. And on the third day, on the Sunday, he was resurrected. And the early church had such a beautiful way to celebrate it. When they would see each other, they would go like this. He's risen. And then someone would respond. He's risen indeed. So why don't you turn to someone today and just tell them he is risen and type it into the comments. Tell the whole world Jesus is risen. Type it into a comment and let's get that word out. He is risen. Guys, I believe the resurrection of Jesus is probably the greatest thing to have ever happened in human history. And if you're here listening to this today and you're like, but what about the cross? I thought Good Friday. I thought the cross of Jesus is the best thing. I want to tell you the cross without the resurrection would have meant nothing. The cross would, if Jesus died on the cross and he wasn't resurrected, the prophecies wouldn't have been true. He wouldn't have been the Messiah. He wouldn't have been God, which meant that he would have just been a man who had a horrible death on a cross instead of being God, who had the capability of carrying the punishment for the sin of the world on his shoulder. So this is probably the most amazing day we can ever celebrate. But if you're like me, Often we miss it a little bit. We forget about it. It kind of comes and goes and it's almost like we don't always really process it. And therefore today what I want to do is I want to share a story from the Bible. If you've got your Bibles here, you can turn to John 21. And I want to share this story with you because this is a story that not only tells us about the beauty, the power of Jesus and his resurrection, but it also shows us how easy it is to forget about it but also the beautiful invitation that Jesus makes afterwards. This is between the, the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension to heaven. There was about 40 days that he appeared to people, that he proved to them that he was alive. And in this specific story in John, we read about the third time that Jesus appears to his disciples in these 40 days. So let's read together. This is a longer story, but it's so beautiful. I don't want you to miss anything. In John 21 verse 1. Later Jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the Sea of Galilee. And this is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Seven. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come to you, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing at night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. And he called out, fellows, 
Have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your nets on the right side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore, for they were only about 90 meters from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish of just God, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. Because this is such a beautiful story to me. And um, I kind of, in my mind, went through the process that the disciples went through, right? On the Thursday evening, Jesus being arrested, they go through this first step of running away, of being afraid, of denying Jesus. They go through a second step after Jesus died on the Friday of mourning and crying and, and feeling miserable. They went through the third step of excitement and celebration when they found out that Jesus is alive and he appeared to them and they're like, yay. And then the fourth step is what? They go back to life as normal. And I'm like, isn't that sad? Isn't it sad that after all the miracles, after all the beauty, they're like, let's go fish again. Let's go back to what we know. Let's go to, to the normal things. Guys, and this is the first lesson I learned from the story is that we will miss the wonder of Easter when our focus is not on Jesus. If we don't keep our focus right, we will miss the beauty and the wonder of it. Jesus saw his disciples just a couple of days before, and you can go and read this in John 20 verse 21. Jesus told them after he appeared to them, he's like, listen, I want to give you a job. And he said, as the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Jesus is saying, I'm giving a job, a purpose to your life straight from heaven. I'm giving you this magnificent opportunity to share the most amazing wonder with the world. And you would think that they would go and that they would run with it, but they don't. They missed the purpose of their life. They missed Jesus. And somehow their focus moved from this incredible beauty of Jesus and the miracle of his resurrection to the ordinary. And we do the same thing. Almost every year over Easter, it passes by us almost like it's nothing. And I was wondering, why does this happen? And there's a couple of things that I think, a couple of reasons why we can miss the beauty and the wonder of Easter. The first reason is because of uncertainty. These disciples must have been uncertain. Like, what are we going to do next? Like, is Jesus going to appear again? Is Jesus going to tell us what to do? Like, like, what is next for us? And because of the uncertainty, what do they do? They go back to the familiar, the ordinary, the thing they know. They go back to their jobs at being fishermen. And guys, we do the same thing when life is uncertain and when, when we're locked down because of a pandemic that hitting, that's hitting the world and we don't know what's going to go on, what's going to happen with the economy. We don't know if we're going to stay healthy. And all this craziness happens. 
it's so easy to take our focus off Jesus and to focus either on the uncertainty or whatever brings us comfort. Comfort eating, um, watching a lot of TV, lying in bed and feeling sorry for ourselves, whatever it might be. But it's so easy for us to take, because of uncertainty, our focus off Jesus and put it on familiar, ordinary things. The second reason why we can miss Jesus is because of busyness. Some of you I've heard said that you've been working crazy hard, working from home. Some of you might even be watching this at the moment, kind of like watching the screen with one eye, typing with the other hand, trying to get your job done. You're taking care of children, trying to get them to not destroy your house, whatever it might be. Life can get so busy that we don't pay full attention, not to this message, but to the wonder of Jesus. The second reason, the third reason why we can miss Jesus is just because of what's happening with people around us. These disciples had some peer pressure. They heard one guy, seven of them are together. One guy, Peter says, let's go fishing. And they're like, okay, let's do it. You know that there's an interesting difference, a significant difference between America, the USA and South Africa over Easter. In the U.S., people over Easter go to church in huge numbers. People who never go to church go back to church because there's this peer pressure. There's so many people. It's like almost like this herd thing that everyone just goes to church over Easter. Where in South Africa, it's like this herd mentality where everyone goes away on vacation because there's a whole bunch of, of, of vaca- public holidays. So we just forget about it. Don't let, don't let the movement, the natural flow of people influence you in taking your focus off Jesus and putting it on, on whatever else there might be. I want to ask you today, have you ever felt so distracted? Have your focus been taken away from Jesus, from the power of his resurrection to the extent that, you have, that you're feeling like you're missing him? Maybe in this moment, because of COVID-19, you feel like he's far from you. You feel like your prayers are just hitting the roof. Maybe you've been there. I've been there at times where I was so distracted that I missed Jesus. And if I were Jesus, I would have probably been a little angry at the disciples for missing, for missing the wonder of this. But Jesus doesn't get angry. Instead, Jesus goes to them and Jesus makes you three invitations to them he gives them three invitations and if if you read from your phone or from a bible you might have seen these three times that the letters appear in red that's the words of jesus and i want to go through those three invitations this morning because maybe your focus hasn't always been on jesus maybe easter has just gone by in the past but i want to tell you no matter who you are no matter where you're coming from or what's been happening in your life jesus is extending these invitations not just to his disciples but he's extending it to you today The first invitation that Jesus made is Jesus invites us to trust him more. Jesus standing on the beach is looking at his disciples. They are salted fishermen. They know how to fish. They've been trying the whole night. And then he shouts out these words. It's like throw your nets out on the other side of the boat and you will catch some fish. What's the difference between left and right? It's a cup. It's a meter or two. What is the difference? If I cannot catch anything all night, why should I do that? Because Jesus is inviting them to trust Him more. I wanted to tell you today, 
The one thing that every single person, every one of us watching this today has in common, whether you have been a Christian your whole life, you're not sure about this Jesus thing and the resurrection, or you don't believe at all. The one thing we all have in common is that we need to learn to trust God a little bit more. Easter is such a good reminder of this. Jesus, when he appeared to his disciples and they were confused, like what's going on? How is Jesus alive? In, in Luke 24 verse 46, Jesus literally tells them, he's like, have I not told you? Was it not written that the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day? He's like, hasn't the promises been made? Why didn't you trust me? And in this moment, he's inviting them to trust him again. And I want to tell you today that Jesus is inviting you today to trust him more. If you want to trust him more, why don't you send us a thumbs up? But he's inviting you today to trust him for, for his promises of forgiveness, the grace that we find in the cross. He's inviting you to trust him more with a new life, a new beginning, despite your mistakes. He's inviting you to trust him for restored relationships, new marriage restored marriages, restored relationships between sons and daughters, a new relationship with your Father in heaven. He's asking you to trust Him for provision. He's asking you to trust Him that, to, that, that He is with you in dark times. He's asking you to trust Him that He will make a way when there seems like there's no way. But here's the thing, when things are uncertain, when, when we don't know what, what the next steps are, when we don't see Jesus for a while, we do what the disciples do. The enemy starts to attack us. He's trying to steal our trust. He's telling us God will not keep his promises. He will not keep his word. So go and, and put your focus on something else. But Jesus calls them with a specific sentence. The first words he uses is like, put your nets out on the other side. And he doesn't just do that because he just felt like it. He does that because in Luke 5, when he called, guess who? Simon Peter, the guy who said, let's go and fish. When he called him to be his disciples, do you know each disciple? Do you know what Jesus did? He told Peter after he couldn't catch anything, put your nets out on the other side. So he is literally asking Peter to trust him. He's like, Peter, I know it's difficult. I know you are uncertain, but there's a, I, I ask you to do something in the past. You trusted me. It was successful. So Jesus is pointing back to an event in the past and he's like, trust me again. I want to tell you when the devil is trying to steal the trust you have in God, look back at the promises you held on to the past. Look back at God's provision in the past. Throughout the Bible, there were promises that were fulfilled. Look back at that. Just open your Bible and hold on to that. But look back at the promises in your own life and don't allow the devil to steal your trust. The second invitation Jesus makes is he invites us to come as we are. Jesus, after they arrived on the beach, they find some fish already on the coals, right? That is there. But then Jesus says something very weird in verse 10. He tells them to bring some of the fish they already have. I'm like, Jesus, why should I bring fish I have when you are already preparing fish as a meal for us on the coals? Why does Jesus need more? Because Jesus didn't need the fish. 
Jesus was inviting them to bring their shame for going out on the boat instead of doing what he called them to do, to bring their sin to him. Jesus invites them to, to bring their unbelief. Jesus invites them to bring their profession, their jobs to him. Jesus invites them to come to him with all there are. That is why saying bring that along. Don't just don't just come. Don't wait and think you're not good enough because you made a mistake. He's like, come as you are. Bring everything in your life to me. And I want to tell you that invitation still stands for us today to come to Jesus as we are. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to have it all together. You don't need to have spent every Easter in church for the past 20, 30, 40, 80 years of your life in order to come to Jesus. He says, bring everything you have and come to me. You don't have to measure up to start following him. You just bring it. But here's the beauty of it. He never leaves us as we are. He says, come as you are. But then he does beautiful things in our life. If you just continue to read what we read today in verse 15 to 19, after Peter brought his brokenness, his unbelief to Jesus, Jesus takes him through this process of restoring him into the position that God has prepared for him his whole life. Come as you are, but he will never leave you the same. Following Jesus has nothing to do with how perfect we are. But it has everything to do with the trajectory of our life. I spoke about this on Friday. It is not whether you are perfect. Following Jesus is about a journey. And it's different for each one of us. For Peter, it meant putting on his clothes, jumping into the sea and swimming to Jesus. He was like, I need to, to get on this like, like immediately. Where for the others, it was rowing the boat out slowly towards Jesus. Our paths are not the same. We're not all the same, but that doesn't matter. It is not about the speed. It is about the journey. It is about the direction. That's what matters. Jesus, the invitation is open to you today. He already paid it all. He paid for your mistakes. He paid for your shame. He paid for, for your failure. All he's asking today is what are you waiting for? Come as you are. The third invitation Jesus makes is he invites us into a relationship. It's so beautiful to me in verse 12 that Jesus doesn't invite them into religion. Jesus doesn't invite them to bow before him. Jesus invites them for breakfast. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like Jesus sitting on a rock on the beach with a fire burning some fish on it and he's like come and have breakfast with me that is the beauty of jesus eating together is a social thing right it's something that friends do together and jesus is like i want to invite you into relationship into friendship it is so beautiful to me that jesus is so different to every other religion in the world and on easter it is such a beautiful reminder that god didn't ask us to sacrifice something for him he said i will sacrifice something for you and he he brought jesus back to life so that we can have that new life so that we can live in a re new relationship with him because these disciples they recognized Jesus not because of the prophecies, not because of the miracle of the net that was full of fish, but they recognized Jesus because of the proximity that they had to him, because of the closeness, because of their relationship.
And if you're still struggling with this relationship with Jesus, if, if Christianity has been all about a tradition or, or, or a culture for you, I want to tell you today, you need to relook at your proximity. In, in James 4 verse 8, we read the Bible says that if we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. So I want to invite you to jump out of your boat, to swim towards Jesus, to come as you are, and to accept this invitation to say, God, I want to be close to you. And the closer you draw to Him, the closer He will get to you. There's no substitute for time and proximity. We have to be close to the ones we love in order for a relationship to flourish. We have to spend time with the ones we love in order for a relationship to flourish. And God invites you into the same thing. He's like, come spend time with me. Come and be close to me. There is power in Easter. It's the power of a relationship with God. It's the, it's the privilege of accepting these invitations of Jesus. And entering into a new relationship with God. Into the power of God. Do you know if, if you're still struggling to believe the cross, the resurrection, can you live in a relationship with God? The Bible says that's not weird. It's quite normal. In, in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18, Paul writes that the cross is foolishness for those who perish, those who do not know God. He says like, this will not make sense to you. Like, how can I have a relationship with God? How can the cross be for the forgiveness of my sin? It doesn't make sense. It's like, it will not make sense as long as as you do not believe it and you are not being saved. But he said, it is the power of God for those who are being saved. It is power for us. It's new beginning. It's new life. It is an invitation to come as we are. It's an invitation into a relationship. It's an invitation into trusting God for His provision. And these disciples accepted it they entered into it and what is interesting to me on the beach they didn't question jesus they didn't go like oh jesus how did this miracle work what happened they they didn't care about the miracle i would have i would have gone like wow this is insane man look at all the fish they didn't say anything about the miracle because they loved jesus more for who he was than for what he did don't fall into that trap where you think this is all about what God can do for you. The beauty of Christianity is that it is not about what God can do for us. He's already done everything. It is about who He is. Our Father, our friend, our Savior. This, this is the reality of our relationship with Christ. This is the reality. As long as we try to do stuff on our own. As long as we try to live this life on our own, as long as our focus is not on Jesus, but on, on my work, on my worries, on my fears and everything, we are like the disciples casting and eating to the ocean for a whole night and nothing happens. I believe that is life without Jesus. It's empty nets. Things don't make sense. Things doesn't work out. Even if they do work out, I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel complete. I don't feel peace. I don't feel hope. But the power of our relationship, the power that lies in the relationship with Jesus is that when we have Him in my life, whatever needs we throw out will always overflow. Not always the way you think, but they will always overflow. In Romans 8 verse 11, Paul writes these words. He says, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. 
I want to tell you today, if you accept these invitations from Jesus, this is, this is the beauty of Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is alive. And if you accept the invitation that He made to the disciples, if you accept to trust Him more, if you accept to come as you are, and if you accept to live in a relationship with Him, you will, the Bible says, receive His Spirit just as the disciples received it a couple of days later. And then the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that same Spirit that did that, live inside of us. So I want to ask you, what death are you facing today? With Jesus, it can be conquered. Without Jesus, I believe your nets will stay empty. So this is what I want to leave you with today. Without Jesus, we will never reach the fullness of life that God has planned for us. Our nets will always remain empty. So why don't on this day you consider following the risen Savior? Why don't you consider today accepting His invitations and moving from a place of just head knowledge, moving from a place of tradition to a place of intimate, close proximity? I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to celebrate His death and His resurrection together by taking the Lord's Supper together. Let's pray first. Jesus, thank you that today we can celebrate not your death, but your resurrection. You are a living God. You are a God who loved us so much that you weren't afraid to die, but you're so powerful that you conquered death, you conquered sin. And I want to thank you today that despite our forgetfulness, despite the fact that we take our focus away from, from you, despite the fact that we fall for comfort and everything, and we, we don't live the life of purpose that you meant for us, despite all of that, that you are a gracious God who extends the invitation of a relationship towards us. I pray, God, that we would learn to trust you more. I pray that we would learn to come to you as we are, that you would change us and that we would find new meaning in the word relationship when it comes to you. May the power of your Holy Spirit flow through us and may every empty net be filled. May every death situation we face be conquered. May we live in the fullness of the life that God promised for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Because we're going to take communion together today. It's such a beautiful day. And just before Jesus was crucified on the Thursday, He did this with His disciples. We're going to do it today in this service. The kids will also do it in their message afterwards. So I want to invite you, if you've got a piece of bread, I've got a hot cross bun, bread, a cracker, a hot cross bun, um, quickly get that. If you've got some wine or juice, get that. And, and this is what happened in Luke 22 verse 7. We read the story of what happened the Thursday night before Jesus was crucified. They ate together and then Jesus said this to them. He took the bread, he, he gave thanks, he broke it and gave it to them. And then he said, this is my body given for you. They couldn't have probably, they probably didn't understand this completely back then, right? Because he wasn't, he wasn't crucified yet. He said, this is my body given for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup. And saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. They ate together. They drank together. And they, this is a reminder 
that the, the bread is a reminder that the body of Jesus was broken for us on that cross. So that our bodies do not have to be broken. It was broken for the forgiveness of our sin. His blood was spilled on that cross. It's a promise of a new relationship that we spoke about today. So I'm going to pray for us. Get your bread ready, get your wine ready, and then we're going to take it together. Jesus, thank you for your body. Thank you for your blood that was spilled on that cross. Thank you that you went through that pain, that you went through that, that you were the ultimate sacrifice. Thank you that we don't have to go through the punishment of sin in the same way, because you have taken all that punishment on yourself. I pray that you would today, wherever we are taking communion at, that you would bless the bread, that you would bless the cup. And that we will remember through this, the sacrifice of Jesus. Amen. I want to invite you today, let's put our focus on Jesus in these moments. Just some, take, take a moment of quietness. His body was broken for the forgiveness of your sin. Take that bread, eat it, and let's thank Jesus for his body that was broken for our sin. Let's take this cup, let's drink from it. And let's thank Jesus for his blood. Amen. Guys, thank you for joining us for our Easter celebrations. I'm going to hand over to Shaul and um, he's going to share with you how you can remain faithful and with your giving. Um, without your giving, Prodeo's work cannot continue. So I want to ask you to please consider to give today and Shaul is going to give you the details on how you can do it. Thank you for tuning in today. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Bye.